All right. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Systems of Wealth podcast. I am your host, Noah Cronfly. Today, we have another very special guest, someone I have had the absolute pleasure of getting to know. Uh, he is the founder of Lost Empire Herbs, founder of Legendary Strength. He's an author. He's a strong man. He's a biohacker. He's just an incredibly thoughtful individual, and I'm so excited to talk to him. One of the most interesting guys I've had the pleasure of getting to know. It's the great Logan Christopher. Logan, thank you so much for joining me today. I don't think I've ever been called the great Logan Christopher <laughs> to start a podcast, but I'll take well, it. Thank you. <laughs> everybody should be addressing you like that because it is well-deserved, well-deserved. Um, I'll, I'll tell my wife and family. <laughs> <laughs> be like, well, Noah said I'm the Christopher like, and moving forward, that is the only thing I will respond to. Um, from the jump, I really, I wanted to say thank you. I mean, what initially brought me to you, what made me like my first introduction, what made me so interested was, and I think I've told you this before, like the webinar that you did with Perry Marshall, I mean, it probably was maybe last year or the year before with through the new Renaissance membership and the title of that, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like the civilization collapse stack, right? Did yeah, I have that? Something okay. along those lines. Dude, I, I have rewatched that like no joke, like a half a dozen times. I'm like, yeah. dude, I got to go back. Cause like, I am just, I was enthralled and like obsessed with just already learning that stuff. And I had been, it's like one of those moments where like you spend a lot of time like learning that type of stuff. And then like you find answers or you find a book or you find something like that. And you're like, yes, this is it. This is everything that I've had. And it puts it into words. And so, yeah, I mean, I I'm super excited to get into that and talk to talk to you about that today. But just wanted to say thank you for just the value you've brought to my life already. I know this is going to be a really fun conversation. So yeah, man, seriously, thank you. And thank you for your time. Seriously. You're welcome. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. So the way I, this will be a really interesting uh, question to pose to you because you are, I mean, I've said it a little bit. I'm even probably leaving some things out of like what I could describe you as of like all the things that you do or have done. I, I got too many. <laughs> yeah, right? um, and this is always like, I, I like to just kind of like frame the conversation or start it this way because sometimes I have trouble answering the question. But like the way that I always like to say it is like, if you, let's say you're meeting somebody for the first time, maybe you're out or having a conversation and someone's like, oh, Logan, like, what do you do? What do you do for work? Or like, what are you kind of like all about? Like, how would you answer that? How would you frame that to somebody that like you're meeting maybe for the first time that isn't super familiar with you? Really depends on how I'm feeling at the, the given time. <laughs> right. but, uh, give a, a quick overview. So yeah, entrepreneur, run two companies. One, I got started as a personal trainer and became a strong man. So I got many books and videos in fitness from doing like conventional stuff to body weight exercises and kettlebells to bending horseshoes and pulling fire trucks <laughs> with my hair. Uh, part of the thing that, um, yeah, I'm not naturally athletic. So I, I got into that field and was looking for an edge that led me into nutrition and herbalism. So I have the Lost Empire Herbs is another uh, larger company that I got going. Uh, I'm also like an NLP trainer. I've done hypnosis, energy medicine, wide variety of different things. So what I'm really aiming to be is a, a wizard and a renaissance man. Yeah, kind yes. of combining those two. And, uh, you know, along the way with my businesses, I've certainly got interested in the topic of wealth and uh, explored that in many different ways. So yeah, um, yeah, there, there's a quick synopsis. That's fantastic. I love that. And I would say you're doing a, a damn good job at being the renaissance man, being the mm -hmm. wizard from what I can see. That's so cool. So what do you like in your reflection and just being kind of like the self-awareness of it? Like, what do you think came first? Was it your interest in being an entrepreneur and building a business or was it like, I am doing that? Like I want to, you know, solve this kind of fitness sort of thing and that mm -hmm. you found business. Like what, what kind of came first? It was really the getting into fitness. So uh, like many people, um, I, I kind of went through a dark period in high school. 
not much confidence. There's a, a period of time where I literally had no friends and uh, kind of coming out of that, you know, I didn't like myself at all, but uh, I, I found fitness and really started to get into this and like found joy and inspiration in that. And I, as, as I went along with it and started to be able to do things that, uh, you know, not everyone could do. I, I really enjoyed the process. And, you know, I was going through life. I was like, well, I might as well turn this into a business. You know, that whole thing is if you're passionate about something, why not turn it into business? You'll get to spend more time doing it. Uh, so that led me down the personal trainer path. And that eventually turned into an online business just okay. with the, the leverage of doing that uh, in the world. So for me, really, the the fitness journey was like the the like foundational rock thing and like everything kind of built around that over time. Yes. hundred percent. I have a very similar sort of like what I, that was like the first pillar that I knocked down first was like my health and getting that right. Mm -hmm. Same sort of deal, right? Like I grew up just chubby and I was insecure about it. And like the kid that like didn't want to take a shirt off. Right. And so like, yeah. that was what I started first. And I found that like, well, being an athlete as well, like that just was a part of me, but knowing like when I was solving for that, I found that it led to a lot of confidence in just who I was as an individual, which has an impact on how you approach right. business opportunities in life and kind of stuff like that. So yeah, that's really, really cool. So talk to me about like that, that business model of like building it into kind of like an online business of like personal training and kind of nutrition. Mm -hmm. What, what were you, were you selling courses and books? And yeah. What, yeah. What'd that look like? So this was back in the early days of the internet before everyone was, <laughs> you know, on it all the time. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I, I was learning fitness from some guys like Matt Fury, who's yes. you know, one of the, uh, famous email marketers, then uh, Dragon Door, which was run by John Duquesne, and they, uh, along with Pavel Tsatsouline, launched the Kettlebell. So these were the guys that I was uh, basically learning the fitness information, and I was at the same time just kind of absorbing the, the business model and lessons from them, um, and of course, many other people as well. But uh, in doing this, again, I, I was learning, so I was like, well, you know, if I want to turn this into a business, why can't I do the same thing that I've witnessed these other people doing? And as I said, that was still somewhat early days of the, the internet and e-commerce. So uh, I started in publishing some public domain materials, so stuff that was okay. out of copyright. So I, I was by no means an expert. And really <laughs> what I was doing with my business was like, you know, come along the journey with me as I'm yes. learning this stuff. Right. And, you know, many years later, turn around like, oh, you know, I'm kind of this renowned strongman and I've done all these things. And <laughs> uh, of course, then I was uh, creating my own videos, my own books and all that along the way. That's so cool. The, uh, like, is it the, like creating and doing that at the beginning? Like what, what was your, did you have, like, I want to do that. I want to make this amount of money from this business. Like what were your, what were your like targets and goals? Like back then when you were just getting started? Um, I think I had my quote unquote retirement party yeah. from <laughs> like the workforce when I was like, what was I 22 or 23, yep. something along those lines. So I, I was working at a grocery store making $12 an hour. Uh, while I had this side gig going, it, it didn't take long or much success in the the online business <laughs> before I was like, you know what, I'm yeah, going to go full time in right. doing this. Like Good literally I, I sell a hundred dollar course and it's like, <laughs> okay, I made more money while I slept overnight than I'm going to make in eight hours of working here. Uh, so yeah, my first kind of big goal was just, you know, can I provide for myself? Of course I made many mistakes along the way. I, I started like using my credit card and like buying the next course and everything. So I, I built myself a bit of debt, uh, after I went full-time into my business, but right. 
uh, for me, since I didn't go to college, I did like a semester at a community college, like I can learn better by myself. <laughs> and I did, but I've been plowing money into, you know, courses and mastermind groups and all this stuff. But, uh, unlike <laughs> a college education for so many people, which is a certificate that they do nothing with, I yes. was building a business in doing such things. Dude, that's so interesting because I had a similar, that was like very similar to my approach because I, when I was getting started, it was like marketing. Like when I found Facebook ads, I was like, this is what I want to learn. And then I was mm -hmm. in school and I was like, well, I want to learn about this stuff and I'm not going to learn about it sitting in like a course. Like I want to learn about it in like a real life environment from like people that are actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And the same sort of deal, like my initial, you know, we'll get into like investments and asset classes and we'll talk about that in this, in this conversation today. But I do, I really love the sentiment of like the initial thing that is your best investment is you as the vehicle that is going to increase your earning potential and increase mm -hmm. your ability to earn an income. That's going to come from investing in you and your education and your skills and just stacking that up over the long term. And so, yeah, investing in courses and books and being in around, being in rooms with people like, you know, you and I got to finally meet in person at the traffic seminar, like that mm -hmm. was an investment on both of our parts, but I would say it's paying off in dividends and like we, you and I get to have a conversation and get to do this. And so like, it's so fun for me. So yeah, man, I love that sentiment. I think more and more people like, are like, how do I get started? And it's just like, pick, you know, be reflective of think about like what you're passionate about, what you're curious about. But then my, what has always helped me is like, pick the person that is doing what you want to do. And do everything impossible to like learn what they're doing. And that's buying mm -hmm. books, buying courses. I mean, so many of these entrepreneurs are super um, gracious with sharing a lot of their knowledge. Like it's yep. out there. It's just yep. there for you to find. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's this idea of the model that you mentioned, you know, a fitness and health journey, right? So yeah. uh, in my building up my fitness and strength and everything. So I had been going to the gym before I tried playing football in high school. I wasn't good at all. Uh, but I, <laughs> with like Matt Fuhr and the kettlebells, like I, I learned, oh, there's this unconventional way. And one, I had a lot more fun with it. You know, if you if you have fun with something, you're gonna uh, be much more successful. But in doing this, I, I started learning like the actual like keys to progression and training how to actually be successful with it versus like commercial bodybuilding, which was all I was really exposed to before. Yeah, of course. Um, so with that, uh, I started to build confidence in myself and it was the, this pattern of, okay, learn from people, you know, you can buy their courses, study the material, put it into action. You get results. Yes. Business is much the same way, right? 100%. Learn, learn the methods, learn what works, uh, apply it, and you're going to get results. Uh, you know, again, many mistakes along the way, like <laughs> I made them all, but right. uh, the important thing is consistency, right? Fitness, yes. so many people, it's like, you know, they sign up for a gym in January and they're not mm -hmm. going by the end of it. Uh, you got to think in longer timeframes, like five, 10 years, right? If yes. you're doing that with fitness or with business, that's where you're going to get much better. You can't be the flash in a pan type of stuff. That's where so many people fail so soon. And uh, do not pick themselves up and keep going. Well, and, and it's so applicable to like how you approach your finances too. It's just the mm -hmm. habits of like how you're doing it. And I love that because I think um, the if you get like the sequence right in that feedback loop of like the learning comes from the action, not first. Most people like want the knowledge, like tell me what it is and then I don't have well, to worry about failing, it, right? Ready, fire, aim, right? So yes. a, a certain amount of knowledge, right? Like enough 
to get ready. Like you don't want to be going just blind out of the gate. And yeah, it depends on what exactly we're talking about. Right. But so many people, especially these days, uh, you know, too much mind. So we get into paralysis by analysis. Yeah, right. right? So uh, too much information doesn't necessarily help. So you, you want to get the base amount, then start working on it. Then right. you start learning more and adapting to those results. Yeah, dude, I love that. Framing it that way is perfect because it's like the first, just getting started is always the hardest. Like just putting mm -hmm. on your shoes to go to the gym is always the hardest, but then you get there and then you like, you get, you know, like you said, but it also comes from the compound effect of just continuously showing up. And that, I think that's like one of the hardest things about fitness and business. And a lot of these things that like people want results from is like, you don't see the results for a long period of time. Like it's just, it looks like nothing's happening until all of a sudden the compound effect and the exponential growth. And mm -hmm. man, that couldn't be more you know, the case with money and almost right. just like all of these things like it applies. I think that's what was so valuable of like reflecting on nutrition and health was those principles do apply to business. And I think knocking that pillar down first was so valuable of being like, oh, this is very much the same. And actually like the fitness was a lot easier than business because business is, is hard, man. That's yeah. a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. Moves, moves a bit faster. Indeed. Right. Yeah. The, um, before, cause I want to get into business, but real quick, I think this would be valuable. So I don't think we've even, I don't think I've ever shared like my own fitness journey and stuff like that on the podcast, but like some of the courses that you were selling at the beginning, like some of those foundations or principles, like found, like you called it like foundations for progress, like on the nutrition side, like, mm -hmm. like ignoring some of like the business you know, like models and kind of like the techniques behind that. But like, what were some of the core principles of your fitness programs that you were guiding people through? Like if they're like looking to get something away from in that, like what, what were you teaching people? Well, the main thing that I see is lacking in a lot out there is like a fundamental understanding of progression, like how progressive strength training works. And it's not just strength, right? Progressive flexibility, progressive mm. endurance, but seeing like, oh, you start here and you want to get here, right? What are the steps along the way? Then making sure your training is just building towards those, those steps. And, you know, we have plateaus or different things. So having different ways of working uh, about them. But if you understand progression, like, Again, this applies outside of fitness. It's the same with money. It's the same with business. Uh, progressive movement towards a goal is what is going to get you there. So you have a plan, you take action on it, right. then you adapt to the feedback. Is the plan getting you there? Good. Keep going. Is the plan yeah. not getting you there? Okay, we're going to have to switch something else. Maybe you got to learn something new. Maybe you got to uh, try a different route. Uh, but the the feedback comes from the action itself. Yes, 100%. And like yeah. when you are helping people like maybe like set the target or set the goal, is that usually like strength on a certain lift? Is it like, I want to look this way? I want to feel this way? Like, what do you, what, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, so like one thing way? that uh, for me, aiming for what you can do uh, is mm -hmm. really important in fitness, right? It's because, you know, 99% of what out there is what you look like. And I'm not saying that's not important at all, but if you focus on what you can do, there's a, a, a saying in architecture that form follows function, right? Yes. So your, your body is going to follow what it can do. And if we're aiming for something like health, especially, um, then really just can you move well, right? Doing some basic things like can you pull yourself up over a bar? Can you deadlift body weight? Like some basic stuff like this, but learn how to move well in a variety of ways with strength, endurance, mobility, flexibility, different factors in there. That's really what I'm aiming for in wow. all my goals. So I, I find if someone aims towards those goals, the body will soon enough 
take care of itself. Yeah, there's, you know, you, you can focus on diet and different things in there. But so many people have bad baggage about diet for a variety of reasons. <laughs> right. If I want to get someone healthier, I don't even want to think about diet for the first several months, right? Let's focus on other things. And there's much more important fundamentals for health, like hydration, sleep, these other factors that we should pay with that are not nearly so difficult as diet. So yes, that's important, but there's so much else that's actually as important, if not more so. That's great. And like, I feel like it's easy or like, um, almost get like addicted to the micro progression, right? Like when you talk about like, you know, I want to be able to deadlift my body weight or do this thing. Mm -hmm. And then you get there and then like, okay, then the goal extends. And so like, it's what I've been reflecting on, like through my, I think I heard, I think I was listening to a comedian talk about this or somebody was talking about, it, but like the thing about like health and fitness and nutrition is like, it's not really a, a game that's meant to like be played to like win. It's like to continue, like it, the, the point of the game is to continue to play. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's where sometimes people get stuck on with like dieting or stuff like that too, is like, you have this point in time or this X thing that like, I'm going to get to. And then once I get there, then I can relax. And then like, then I, I, can I can love myself. Right. <laughs> is ultimately what it, it tends to boil down to. Yeah, right, right. right. Yes. Yeah, so like, <laughs> some, some baggage, right? Like, exactly. exactly. Yep. But like the idea is building the habits and the foundation, like almost the things that are invisible to everybody else that leads to then the external results that then people will see. But like, it's what nobody sees when like, that was so much of what sports and baseball always was, was like, what are you doing when nobody's watching? That was mm -hmm. always like the edge of how to get together. But like, that is, that is like, what's, what, how you find like the, the edge or like the, what's the, what's the book, the slight edge. That's like the 1% compound better every single day. Like it's what you're doing when nobody's watching. It's just building those habits and those foundations yeah. to stick with it because like there is no end. Yeah. I, I have a program on habits because yeah, after all Fantastic. my study and everything, like, I describe it as like a meta skill. If you can get good mm. about changing your habits you can get good at anything, right? Because there's habits involved in finances and fitness and health and any area that you want. So I, I did a deep dive on that and I have a program called Habits on Demand. I actually Dude. figured out a way using a, a wide variety of different things that you can literally install a habit in a single day, which I know sounds incredible and flies in the face of the conventional wisdom, <laughs> but it uses uses uh, powerful tools like uh, hypnosis, anchoring, um, visualization, uses uh, mental training tactics that can do because you're basically programming it in your mind in a way that will hook it all in. And then, um, yeah, it, it can have some great results. So it, it's a fun process. Do you have an example of like one that you did for you or a client that you helped of like build like a habit like in a day or something? Yeah, like I that? mean, there's uh, so many different ones, but um, like one of the things I talk about in there is like the power of a morning routine. And this can yeah. involve a whole bunch of different things. And uh, for a long time, I uh, had difficulties in getting this to really stick right now. You know, Perry Marshall calls it renaissance time and whatnot. Yes. So, but now I've been doing like every single day with um, very few exceptions. I have like a solid routine in the morning that, you know, sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's longer. Uh, I, I switch up what different things may be involved in that, but uh, it's really rock solid. So there's many things like that. Another quick example of blessing food before eating it. Um, this was something that the hard part for this was I could just never remember to do it. <laughs> right. But there's a certain ways of doing that, that then once I, I did that, it, it stuck. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. All right. Fun well, stuff. you guys hear it. Go check out Habits on Demand. That's fantastic. Um, okay. So the initial kind of business or the initial venture into entrepreneurial was that kind of online fitness training. And take mm -hmm. me through where did the like 
uh, vision and like thesis behind Lost Empire Herbs come? Or was that the next step or kind of like take me through the progression from there? Yeah. So from Legendary Strength was the the info business and fitness. And it was just kind of like a new product after a new product and just gradually built the list and built the following, uh, built the income that way. Then uh, a few years later, because I started Legendary Strength, I think about um, well, started the online business 2008. All right. And uh, Lost Empire Herbs started in 2012. It was actually, so I have two older brothers that I'm partnered with in the business. And awesome. one of them, he was uh, buying herbs from another company, just wholesale and kind of a natural salesman type. He would be selling them to his friends just because <laughs> uh, he, he was getting some great benefits from them. So uh, he got inspired one day and said like, hey, if I find a supplier for this, you want to start up a business? And then, you know, we can fund our own herb supply. Uh, so that's exactly what he did. He found a supplier, I threw up a website, we started this business. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, this was kitchen table top type of stuff. Yeah. And honestly, we had no clue about the supplement business. We, we, <laughs> none of us had any experience in it, but we started real small and it just gradually grew from there. And now it's a multi-million dollar business that we're yeah. very happy with and continues to grow. Congratulations, dude. Seriously. Yeah. Stoked. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, it's cool because like you have your you had your experience with like the info product of then going into like the supplements. So like I'm sure that yes. obviously has a very big, you know, mm -hmm. crossover, you know, doing something like that. Yeah. All the experience with advertising, sales copy, email marketing, different things was able to apply that. And, you know, every uh, business has its advantages and disadvantages. You know, info marketing is great. Like, high profit margins, like no inventory, real issues there. Right. Supplement business, it's inventory business, but it's a consumable <laughs> product, right? So you get yeah. repeat sales Sticky, much yeah. more. And then, you know, only a certain segment of people is actually interested in information at all, right? Whereas, you know, uh, there's a large, much wider market for health and nutrition and supplements. Mm. So um, yeah, we've just had more success in growing that, you know, the info marketing business is still great. That's my, my sort of my side gig now. Yeah. But, the herb company is much larger. Well, it's so cool too. Cause it's like you, you may not know it at the time, but like doing the, a lot of the investment and buying courses and classes to help you with the info product. And like, that was preparing you for an opportunity that like you didn't even know existed yet. And then like right. this comes along and then all of a sudden, like, that's the thing that takes you to that, you know, next level. That's how life goes. That's so interesting. That has got to be like a big theme here. That's so cool. What were some of like, when you guys first started that business, what were some of the supplements that you were selling? I, I guess it's a two-pronged question. What were like some of the supplements you guys started with at selling? And like, mm -hmm. what is your best selling kind yeah. of stuff now? Same, same, same herb. Really? Uh, yeah. So uh, Why? pine pollen, which is literally, it's the pollen of pine trees. It's still not very well known as a supplement, but it's pretty unique in that it has phytoandrogens. So a lot of people have heard of phytoestrogens which can be our chemicals that can uh, mimic estrogen for good or ill really kind of depends on the situation. Uh, but there's actually phytoandrogens as well. So pine pollen has trace amounts of human hormones like testosterone and DHEA in it. So it's really good at going in and helping support the hormone system. It's more well known for men, but it can actually be quite useful for women as well. So mm -hmm. this was one of the original herbs we started with, and it is our bestseller to this day. We sell a lot of that stuff. And where did your, like, um, I guess like both like passion and curiosity, but like your knowledge of like learning about like this mm -hmm. depth of stuff of like, when it comes to these supplements, like, is that just from listening and like to, you know, to yeah, talks so, and reading books? Like, yeah, where's that mm -hmm. come from? 
Yeah, uh, as I was going on my fitness journey, as I, I mentioned, you know, this led me into nutrition, which also led me into learning about herbalism. Uh, so some of the people that I was learning from, you know, recommended one of the first herbs I tried was the cordyceps fungus, which yes. is uh, an amazing thing that's really good for endurance, right? So the first time I took this, it may have been blended with some other stuff, uh, but I noticed that I had like a bit more endurance during my workout. So from that first get-go, I, I was hooked and started learning a bit more about these different things. And for a long time, it was my secret up and it was just something that I was <laughs> doing for myself and not well known out in the world. Uh, but then obviously with the launch of the company uh, it and just the overall trends, a lot more people are learning about herbs uh, and what they can do uh, for a wide variety of things from performance to you know just about everything we have a saying there's an herb for that like, <laughs> if you want to have results in something there's an herb that can support you in some way in getting that that is so wild i love that and that's that's still your guys's bestseller the pine palm yep what is your like herb stack if you could give someone like a i guess it depends mm -hmm. on what you're optimizing for right like what your objective yeah. is but like if you could give just like a basic of like how you perceive it or maybe what your personal stack is yeah uh so i don't have one i'm a really intuitive with my herb taking so Love there are that. a few things that i take um kind of more regularly but so I, i'm really a tincture person so tincture mm -hmm. is an alcohol extract of the herbs as you can imagine, I have hundreds and hundreds of tinctures in my house. <laughs> so I'll just look at what I have and like, what am I feeling like in that moment? How do I want to modulate my mood or my energy or uh, whatever benefits I may want? So unless I'm particularly experimenting with something uh, at some time, which may be just like R&D purposes, like I'm trying something new or specific benefit I'm going for, uh, for the most part, I'm uh, pretty intuitive with my herb taking. For if you're like R&Ding something and you're testing mm -hmm. something out, do you have to um, have like a control or like a certain amount of time or set some parameters of like, I am doing this thing and then I'm going to like document how I'm feeling or changing? Like, how, how do you approach that? Um, generally, it's not that quote unquote scientific. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's great when we can do like before and after blood tests or whatnot, but uh in all my experience, you know, with herbs, but also other stuff like energetic training, I I have, I can, I can tune into the subtle effects of the herbs uh, fairly well. So with many of them, I, I can just be taking it a little bit of time and have a, a sense of how it's going to work for me. Now, this is me individually, right? So yeah. if I'm looking for more feedback, I, I won't be the only one testing it. But often if it's like a formula I'm coming up with, I'll be the first one that goes with it. Then I'll pass it on to more people, see what sort of results they get. And then, you know, can go to a wider circle from there. It's great if we can get like more data points, but honestly, in many cases, it's, it's relying on just a few. Yeah. I'm going to, before we pivot, I want to ask you this question too, because it kind of goes back to like what you felt like, what people were maybe missing in like the fitness of like not defining or articulating or explaining progression mm -hmm. in the right sense. What do you feel like it could be possibly missing in the supplement world that like, just, you don't, you kind of see of like, this is my, this is my thing that drives me of like, I feel like what, you know, what makes us different and what I feel like is missing in the supplement world. Yeah. I'll just say like overall kind of philosophy of health. So uh, entire humanity up until about a century ago, we've always used herbs as medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Right. 
these days I'm not even allowed to say herbs are medicine, right? <laughs> FDA disclaimer, I'm not a doctor, don't treat your cure disease, right? <laughs> but entire humanity and every single culture had herbs yeah, uh, that they used around them for a wide variety of different things. Right. Um, and again, this doesn't have to be specifically for treating diseases, but you recognize that, oh, some herbs can be helpful with energy or sleep or sexual performance, whatever you are looking for, right? So just recognizing that these have always been a natural part of our diet and included in what we do and that, you know, most of what masquerades as food these days shouldn't even be called food. So getting back to a more natural (laughs) diet and that includes like a foundation of these uh, plants that have like bitter taste and all kinds of different things that uh, we're not taking just for the macronutrients that are in them. So just understanding that, yeah, bringing more of nature into and how it can support our health as well as performance. That's fantastic. I love because this is, I mean, it's going to lead us right into talking about finances, which will be the back half of this conversation here, but like having the foundation first of just understanding, like these are the principles of fitness, right? Like it's just making sure I'm, you know, eating things with one ingredient, I'm sleeping well, I'm walking, I'm moving my body more. And then you get into like, okay, cause that the, I mean, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the herbs and that type of stuff isn't going to necessarily fix the issue if you don't have the foundations in place first mm-hmm. and foremost, correct? Yeah. It, in some cases it can, but yeah, often, right. I mean, any sort of issue that you're having, I, I like to look at it through the frames of like physical, energetic, emotional, mental, and spiritual, and that, that yeah. different interventions along those lines uh, may be more or less useful. And, you know, even in physical, we got environment, we got supplements, we got uh, structural components, like there, there's, yeah. it's it's kind of fractals in that there are many different uh, sub layers to that. But um, yeah, in some cases, yes, I, I've seen people like take an herb and have miraculous life-changing <laughs> results. We love those testimonials and yeah, of course. When you get right. them. And in other cases, like people will try five different herbs, nothing works for them. Um, but that means that, you know, this is not an issue that the herb is likely to fix. You may have to go back to something more uh, root cause in that. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of how I, I look at issues like that. That's great. I love that. Okay. So let's get into... We're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about money, everybody's favorite topic. Mm-hmm. So what, how do I, how do we start this? Like, I guess the best, so, so let's go through this a little bit. Like, what was your relationship with money like growing up? Where did the motivation come from? What was it like, okay, I'm getting into business now. And so like, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, we're just so close to our money. Like we have to be right. That this is something that we need to work on. But I think like so many people are like, I want my income to grow. I want to make more money. But if you don't have the like habits to then keep that money, and like know how to multiply it or do something with it, then like that's not, maybe your issue isn't necessarily just making more money at that point, right? It's Mm -hmm. having the right foundation in place. So take me through kind of like the journey of money with you and where that's kind of come from and how that's evolved. Right. Uh, So I was raised, uh, I'd say like lower middle class, like my parents did all right. We lived in California, right? Which is a wealthy area. So we, we weren't like lacking for anything, but uh, many friends around me seem to have uh, a bit more money than mm-hmm. we seem to have. Um, and really, I didn't think about it much till I was in high school. And um, initially, I thought like my, my original kind of life plans when I was in high school was like I was really into science and wanted to be like a theoretical physicist. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get to MIT and my parents don't have money to send me to anything. So uh, maybe I should look at the other things. And uh, again, the aforementioned not having friends. So I was kind of looking and searching for a different path. Uh, this new friend group that I fell in with 
some of them had interest in money and were like investing in stocks. Oh, wow. Uh, so okay. I, I started learning about money. I read like Think and Grow Rich. And I was like, okay, I, I'm really not happy with myself. Uh, wealth isn't the answer for that, but at least I can buy things that will make me <laughs> So that kind of set me on the, the path of learning about money um, and the different ways, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cash Quadrant. Those were some early classics that really got me thinking about different things. And, you know, I, I did throw in some money in uh, like stocks and whatnot. And I was looking into real estate, but really the the business was the thing that really kind of connected for me early on and just kept marching forward with it. And then learning all the lessons you need to learn <laughs> along the way, like how to keep books and <laughs> uh, <laughs> different factors like that. Dude, I love that. You know, what's funny is I, cause like I've, I've had a similar journey of like money wasn't super talked about growing up and I was aware of like some of the struggles that we've had mm -hmm. and I think that was like one of my initial motivations is like, I want to be, I want to be rich. And like, you, I think every kid or person has mm -hmm. that at some point, like, I just want to be rich, but you don't really know why, like I'm doing this mm -hmm. in the first place. And I think I've been reflecting on this because I think for what was driving me for so long and still, I think what does drive me, and I don't think it's necessarily bad or good or right or wrong, but it's like the fear of just not having enough, like scarcity almost is what drives you. And it's mm -hmm. like, I think fear can be motivation. I mean, this is something that Robert talks about because this is top of mind because I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad right now is yeah. um, like fear and greed is what drives a lot of people. Because I had, it was one of those books that like is the money book and like everybody talked about it and I was like, I don't want to read it. Like everybody mm -hmm. talks about it. And so I had read, I've read dozens of other money books and I was like, I probably should just, I probably should pick this up and I should read it. And I'm going through it right now. And I'm loving that like I'm reading it right now after going through so much of like the other base that I've already built. Because it is such foundations. It's not basic, but it's easy concepts to pick up. And mm -hmm. it is so much more of like the why and the mindset behind thinking in those terms, because mm -hmm. that is the hardest thing to do when you don't have like the means to look at it and, and say like, I am wealthy. Like you have to start thinking like you are a millionaire before you show up and be a millionaire. Right. Yeah. My, my initial goal was to be a millionaire by the age of 25. Um, that was a little ambitious. It did not quite <laughs> I think I wrote that down uh, too on my end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't happen on that timeline, but it did happen. So, you know, I, again, that whole like, okay, you know, my timelines were ambitious, but let's yes. adapt and still go and move towards the goal. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I think like the, yeah, the ambitions is there. And then what becomes so important is like building these steps and the habits that are going to initially, like that are going to propel you and get you there. And then you start to realize that like, that goal or that target that I have really is just like a moment in time. And I'm going mm -hmm. to pass through that. Cause if you really start to understand like how money works, you don't get to like a million dollars and then stop. Like if you have money allocated correctly and things are structured, like that number is just going to continue to grow and grow. If things are set up correctly, like you right. don't have to, like that thing is just going to grow. And so let's get into your, the civilization kind of collapse stack. Like, well, where'd that let me go? mention another please. story yeah, that please, I please, think please. is important. So I was mentioning some mistakes, but really I, I got into this pattern of, you know, I have some success for my business, but I was really caught up into shiny object syndrome. Yeah, right? of course. So, oh, the new shiny course, oh, product launch formula, right? So spend money on this. And oftentimes it would be like on a credit card, then I'd uh, <laughs> be like scrambling to launch something. You know, there's times when I launched a product in order to pay rent. Right. Uh, so I, I got in this cycle and I, after like years of it, you know, I was gradually getting just like a little bit more successful, but I would go through these periods of like, oh, I need to like sell off extra stuff in order to uh, pay down these bills and whatnot. And I got yeah. really fed up. 
And there's a point where I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. I literally read something like 50 books on money in the next uh, just like few weeks, right? I, I started obsessing with it and uh, I was saving money every day into certain mm. accounts. And really that is the point when I kind of like broke through and really established one good habits, but also like systems of kind of money flows uh, that really took me out of that pattern. I was able to break through that pattern and start actually like building some wealth rather than just uh, that cycle of income. So that that point of getting fed up and then like really, I I, I can say what some of the, the steps involved in there, like Please. Thing for me was recognizing four different components of money, income, expenses, savings, and investments, right? Yes. Uh, these four to me like cover like offense and defense and mm -hmm. people can be great in one area, and sucking all the others and you know like a high-rising basketball player who has this huge income stream right and then they get injured and they didn't do anything with that money right. and then they're not doing well right but right. if you can be good in each of these areas then over time you're going to become wealthy it's it's as simple as that right so uh mm -hmm. you know like saving off the the top of your income you know that goes back to richest man in babylon uh, so these One kind of my concepts, favorites. these fundamentals yes. of uh, wealth are very important. So for me, that was a big, like pivotal change moment in uh, my relationship to money. That's fantastic. And that is not coming like when you are behind or feeling behind because like debt is there and you don't have control over the income because like the money that you're making now is paying for like past decisions that you're making. So yeah. like you just have to almost like out earn your bad habits, which is a really like difficult position to put yourself in. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That's great. Anything else like foundational from that? Like, you know, you said, like I set up a couple of different accounts, like what were, were there? Like, yeah. So for me, another concept that was useful was, you know, we do mental accounting with our money and we can think of, you know, <laughs> like a windfall versus like, oh, this is money for rent. Right. So actualizing that in that you set up different accounts for different purposes. Right. Yep, yep. Um, I think I got this term from Garrett Gunderson, but the wealth capture account. So this is savings that you put away that you really don't ever touch essentially, right? So have some of the money going to that. Then you can have like a vacation fund, mm -hmm. then uh, shit hits the fan fund, right? Like emergency <laughs> type stuff. Um, then like charity taxes, different accounts and actually like setting up different accounts in, in the banks, you know, now we're at a time when we get a decent savings rate. <laughs> if you use a certain accounts, yeah. you know, it's still less than inflation, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> uh, so, but using actual like different accounts and then doing this on a regular basis, you know, if your income is regular, then you can set it up on autopilot. Right. But for me, having a business and uh, variable income, I would like every week, and I've been doing this, this is a weekly habit for years and years, probably over a decade now of putting money away into these accounts, mm -hmm. actually like manually making transfers to do so. Dude, that's, uh, so yeah, that, that's that. a big thing that came out of that. That's great. I, cause I've, I've built like, and I, I've had some, I have some of these videos on, on my YouTube channel right now of talking about like the wealth machine, sort of the structure of like how to kind of build that system in place. Cause I always thought about it as like, pipes in a drain structure and before yep. like the money's flowing in, like you want to make sure there's no holes in the system. So I operate in a similar sense, right? Like I have an operational account where everything flows into. And then from there it spits out into like the personal, you know, yep. whatever my monthly like expenses are going to be. And then into savings and then that, you know, floats into a tax bucket. So I don't, you know, I can kind of just earmark that, which then as that overflows, like in the savings, it goes into the different investments and kind of like that structure is like, it's the machine that will power you. And I think it's so interesting because that is one of my favorite quotes is like, I think this is from Taylor Welch, probably got it from somebody else as well, but it was like, 
you don't need to grow a tall tree. Like the, the key is to dig deep roots is to like mm -hmm. have that strong foundation in place. Because again, it's like, I want my income to grow, which is like growing the tall tree, but like shit hits the fan. Like your tree gets struck by lightning. That tree is not on a strong foundation. It's going to topple over. But like mm -hmm. if I have those things in place and the foundations in place, especially for entrepreneurs who like, I mean, our businesses just eat cash, but to have like the freedom to be able to be agile and be mobile and make certain and tough decisions. Like if cash is going to keep you in the game, like business is similar to the finance. Like the point of the game is to stay in the game and continue to play the game. Yeah. What's going to knock you out is just poor financial habits and not having the money in there to continue to kind of fund what you want to do. So, yeah. and then recognizing you can do that same sort of systems approach with a business as you do with your personal income, yes. right? So, so having those flows wherever they're going uh, set up for both of them. Yeah, that's great. I love it. So again, having foundations, systems first, get that stuff right, and then you can build from there. And so let's get into the 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 stack, the civilization collapse stack. Let's talk about that. So again, the the take me through like the philosophy be, the philosophy behind what that is all about. Um, how you kind of like structure and think about the different asset classes a little bit differently. Um, you know, as far as like you know where to start, what should I do? Just like give me the the whys behind some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Civilization Collapse Stack was not something that I came up with. It was an idea I got from a guy named Cliff High, and I like to give credit where credit is due. Well and done. he's kind of like the mad genius type. Awesome. <laughs> um, but this was something that when when I saw him talk about it, it, it just kind of clicked a bunch of disparate but puzzle pieces into yes. place for yes. me. Yes, right? Which, yeah, sounds like it did the same for you. <laughs> it so sure did. It's singed. Things singed. Yeah. Uh, right now in the 2020s, you know, it's it's been a rough time. Yep, indeed. Uh, we, we've seen a lot going on and, you know, many of us have a feeling that, you know, civilization is going through some big changes and in many ways things are likely to get worse in the future. Uh, you know, long term, more optimistic about where things are going, but I think there's going to be continued rough patches uh, going on to that. So that's ideas like, you know, how far down does civilization collapse? Mm -hmm. And then what is necessary? What is useful? What is wealth uh, at those times, right? And recognizing that civilization collapse, you know, we have a, a worldwide economy and everything right now, but it's not necessarily, not every place is the same and not all times are going to be the same, right? So being on the the Russian-Ukraine line, right? You know, that's a very different situation than where you and I are at right now. But basically at the bottom of the stack, what is useful is survival goods, right? So this gets into the whole prepper type of stuff. And, uh, you know, there, this is a huge area that, uh, you know, people spend like a, a, a week <laughs> just learning <laughs> about. But having some of the basics, like do you have a month's worth of food available should um, stuff get down? I mean, people may remember when the pandemic and there's the, the toilet paper buying or whatnot, but people 100%. that had prepped and had stuff were kind of sitting pretty and easy with that. So I have like six months supply of food for me and my family, just kind of ready, uh, ready to go. Um, but you can also, it's not just food, but, you know, water, uh, hygiene, uh, weapons and ammo, right? Like if we get into our, ourselves in a Mad Max type situation, like I don't <laughs> think it's going to get that bad, but what if it did, right? Right. Um, so thinking about this as a type of insurance is quite useful, right? Um, so that that's kind of the, the base level. Then above that, you have real estate and subsistence, right? Um, so yeah, this ready to go like meals is great to have, but let's say like civilization does kind of collapse our supply chains. We've already had supply chain issues. Imagine those get a lot worse. 
you know, feeding yourself is one of the most important things. So uh, if you are able and in a place, but can you be growing your own food? Uh, we've seen a lot of people moving toward homesteading type of stuff, or at least having like good relationships with nearby farmers. Yes. Uh, this is very important uh, for the future because yeah, things very well, like we have this amazing global system and in many ways it is very fragile, mm -hmm. right? Um, they say the average city, if like the supply chain stopped coming, that there'd be like, there's only two days worth of food in a city. What? Right? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is alarming. Yeah. So uh, the subsistence part is like, can you feed yourself? Uh, and yeah, things you need like energy, right? So this yeah, yeah, yeah. Off, off the grid type of operations. Uh, with real estate, of course, that could be the home you're living on, but we can also start to look at real estate as an investment type of thing. Yep. Actually, let me go back to the survival level. There's even uh, investment type stuff here like ammo. The the price of ammo has gone up significantly <laughs> over time. Uh, so like there, and if we get into that sort of situation, like money is not important, but instead you're going to be bartering for goods. Yes. Uh, so you can look at that sort of investment quality of it. But then we have investment with real estate. Obviously, that is uh, one part of a diversified portfolio. So above that, we have precious metals. You know, gold and silver have always been money and uh, for the foreseeable future would continue to have uh, monetary value at least. Um, so that's the next level there. Then we have like cash and insurance. Um, you know, I've had my house burned down. I've just had my car total. Like I've gotten into some situations where having insurance uh, was really useful to have. Um, and then it, it, we look at where we're going in the future. Obviously, some sort of digital currency is uh, very much likely. There's stuff like Bitcoin. There's thousands of altcoins out there. Um, with what's gone on with the bear market, like I, I think Bitcoin is one of the, the better things that are out there. But that doesn't mean a lot of money can't be made on these other services or that, you know, the whole like controller realm of CBDCs and what's going on with that. Uh, but likely this is going to be the money in the future, even if there's like civilization collapse going on with rebuilding. This is likely somewhere we're going. So, you know, how far down do we go? And really, this, this is a thinking through this is diversification. Mm -hmm. um, do you have some assets across all these things that puts you in a... Um, position where you're ready for any sort of circumstances. So right. if we get into Mad Max world, are you like, oh, I have all my money in the stock market and none of it matters <laughs> anymore, right? Uh, so hopefully we don't get there, but if we did, right? Or there's a solar flare and the electrical grid goes out, can you at least feed your family for a month while things get uh, rebuilt, right? Right. Um, and there's many sort of situations. We have all kinds of natural disasters. Um, oh, another part of that is mobility. Like, are you able to get out yeah yes and recognizing like oh if you have a whole bunch of like silver and gold that's not so movable which is right. one of the things so you can have assets in different places but you can also have like a hardware wa wallet that has a bunch of bitcoin and or other cryptocurrencies that can travel you know across borders quite easily right and can't be confiscated so easily so really looking at all the different threats that are coming across the world and having uh, your goods and wealth diversified across these in order to be able to um, not necessarily like uh, withstand, but um, give by yourself time or give yourself good optionality for the future situations. And at the same time, like diversified across this, um, hopefully it also puts you in, even if things 
continue to go great, you're also in a good position for the future as well. Yeah, continue to thrive. Like you're, it's, this reminds me so much of like um, Nassim Taleb and like anti-fragile and mm-hmm. like that, like that is so much of like the same sort of thesis. Yes. Like it's very much the optionality, protect your downside. You know, like I, I um, got into um, a new car this year and like a big part of it was like, if stuff goes awry, what is the thing that's going to be like a mobile, something that's going to like a land. So I got a pickup truck, like I got a Tacoma. And I was like, this is mm-hmm. the thing because it was so funny. I watched that show, the last of us. And I was like, well, what's the thing that he got in <laughs> when everything, it was a truck, it was a pickup truck. And I was like, yeah. this is, this is the move for me right now. Like, this is what I want to be in. I so love multi-layered thinking, right? So it's yes. like, okay. And you, what if there's issues with gas? So do you have gas cans that right. are available also like, like a bike that, yeah. so you can get around to places. So right. having, you know, all this stuff um, and different options along those lines. And of course you can go overboard in right. all this stuff. People, right. you know, of last of us, do. we definitely yeah. have the, the good, the prepper that was ready for it. Yes. Right. <laughs> Nick Offerman. <laughs> what a what a uh, G in that. That's so funny. But I think you know, like so here's uh here's something that I think you could probably expand on a little bit. Is like some people might think of this as like um being like pessimistic or thinking like preparing for like I'm like expecting stuff to go bad. But like because my opinion on it is like it's not it's not pessimism. It's I think this is like something that Charlie Munger talks about a lot. It's like I think every day that you know things are gonna fall apart, and because of that, I am better for it. I think he has like a quote or something like that. Like what's your, what's your, um, if someone come to you and says that, like, what's, what's your, what's your yeah, take? I would say it's more, I mean, pessimism's not necessarily bad, right? Like right. Do you never have yes. insurance, right? right. Insurance right. is preparing for uh, like catastrophic instances that are beyond your ability. Yeah. Like if you get super wealthy, you can self-insure in, in that way. But even many of those people, you know, the insurance is still worth getting for uh, different purposes. Right. So yep having food on hand is a type of insurance, right? Having some precious metals so that you're able to barter is a type of insurance, right? So just covering, I mean, look at what has happened. You know, if you go back to 2019, most people do not think there is a a pandemic and we're going to have lockdowns and uh, war is going to start going, like all these different factors, like just see what has happened in the last few years and imagine oh, it's likely to happen again and mm-hmm. probably get worse in many regards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would counter that by saying like a lot of people are sticking their head in the sand about some of the things that are actually going on because actually facing some of what we're facing as a, a species right now is not necessarily fun things to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's a cool thing about insurance or if you have this stuff, then you don't need to think about it too much. Like you have prepared for eventualities or possibilities. And if you're prepared for them, then you can sleep more easily at night uh, instead of being the person that is, you know, going out and panic buying when uh, the shit hits the fan and you're (laughs) caught in a bad situation. Right. So I I really think along these lines of insurance and being prepared for options. I love it. I love it. Like the idea of layers of assets has always been something that's been super like attractive Mm -hmm. to me because I, I learned, I didn't like, I learned it from people that were just ahead of me. Like I was investing in mentors and I had a mentor that tell me, you know, to take, you know, take some money out of like what you just did and go buy some gold and silver and just Mm -hmm. don't get a certificate, put it in like a safe and have it with you. Like go and do that right now. And so like, I was like, okay. He's like, don't, don't let anybody tell you like, this is necessarily like an investment. Just buy it for insurance purposes. Like just buy it and don't think about it anymore. And I was like, great. Like I've been buying life insurance for probably five or six years now, like monthly basis, just been doing Mm -hmm. that. Like 
cash just have it on hand, like the digital currencies and crypto. Like I got into that super deep in the last couple of years. So that the thing that like I'm still um, like the next asset class that I want to get deeper into is the real estate side of things. Cause I mean, that's just so much of like the industry that I operate in. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love your take on like, you know, we have already seen the extremes of what could possibly happen. And so like, if that isn't the wake up call to be like, oh, I need to prepare and have options in place, then like, I don't know what else could keep, give you a kick in the ass and like light the fires. Like this has already happened. We've already been exposed. We already saw how many people were like operating on an edge. And like one of the quotes is like, you know, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. Like it's mm -hmm. so true, man. Like if you're not preparing and thinking about that and just going like the multi-layer, just going a little bit deeper and like preparing for that stuff, it's yeah, it's, it's so much of, you know, people do that stuff with like their fitness as well. They keep their head in this hand because they just don't want to face uncomfortable realizations about their beliefs or the baggage or whatever it might be. You know, Perry Marshall calls it head trash. I mean, it's so much of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So again, one of the ways I found this was useful is just kind of like take that framework and think like, where are my gaps, right? What, mm -hmm. what am I missing? And then, you know, what are my next action steps after that? It can be really simple. And then you do that every once in a while, which is not that different than, you know, the, a, a person that would look at their wealth and like, you know, this is just a little bit different than like, oh, I have so much of my money in stocks and bonds. It's just kind of diversifying across uh, a wider class of assets. Right. Uh, but yeah, and, and that doesn't mean if you're, you think things are going to be fine, you can still have most of your, your wealth in those areas. But uh, just having a little bit outside in these other areas and looking at some of the other options uh, may be useful as well. Yeah, because like we see like the stock market as being like liquid, you know, type of assets or an instrument. But like if mm -hmm. things shut down and you don't have a way to liquidate, <clears throat> like that's not very liquid at that point. Because like if you think about what money is just from its first principles of like a tool to signify like, you know, exchange of value, like it depends mm -hmm. on what we deem valuable based on like the environment or what is happening around us. Cause like you said, like I've never heard anybody like say this before. Cause one of my questions is always like, how do you define wealth? That's always what I like to ask people. But like what you said, how like wealth can change based on the scenario. Mm -hmm. I've never really thought about it like that way before. Yeah. I mean, big, all the cryptocurrencies in the world aren't going to be useful if like the electrical grid goes down, if there's a solar flare or massive EMP. And that's a scenario that a lot of people think about, but they could come back after that was uh, maybe uh, repaired from it. So if you get in a worse situation again, like it's survival and people are not thinking about money at all. Right. So having wow. what is needed in those situations is so much more important. And again, this is not just about like selfish preservation too. Like if you have several years worth of food and, uh, things go wrong, right. You can also help your neighbors as well. Right. People that are not prepared and thinking along these lines, uh, then you're in a better situation to uh, be helpful to people in that way as well. That's that's really, really powerful. And really, yeah, let me really mention like that, that with the, the civilization collapse stack. Yeah. Uh, the other, like I, I covered things here. What's yeah. actually most important is community and skill sets, right? The, we have this idea, especially in America, of like the, the rugged individualist who's doing all this stuff <laughs> and like preparing all their food by themselves. That is extremely <laughs> hard to do by yourself, right? It's right. so much easier when it's done in a community of people. So looking at like, what are your skill sets? And the skill sets can be from like survival situations to like managing cryptocurrency, right? We can uh, have skill sets across that stack. And then people that are invested in the same sort of ideas 
And especially, you know, in the physical whereabouts, we have these uh, digital relationships that are great too. But again, depends on what sort of situation we're in where uh, the people that are around you may matter much more so than uh, people in far off lands. It's great. And I mean, <clears throat> the other thing that plays a big role in this is like your personal health it goes back to mm -hmm. the fountain, like the who you are, like nutrition and all that stuff as well. Yep, Absolutely. Dude, that is so, so what a, what a really, really like cool message to, to be getting out there. Like, I think that is so, it just, it, it makes me think like deeper and deeper and like get deep, like it makes this game of like why I'm also like then wanting to grow businesses. Like it gives me like the reason behind doing a lot of this stuff, which is so cool in the first place. Mm -hmm. Before we like, there's, there's one, like a little more stuff that I want to, to, um, to pivot to or switch on a little bit, but like how, what's your. What is your definition of wealth? How do you think about that word? Hmm. I guess I don't have a super clear definition because it depends like where I want to aim it. Like, yeah, I could look at uh, financial assets, but really wealth in uh, like community, what I was just mentioning, like, I think that's the most important thing, right? Relationships and really uh, building those up and having people that you can be open and safe with and uh, people that think along the same lines, that's that's probably the, the most important thing. And we, we look at factors such as health, right? Like that's one of the most important attributors to health is the people that you spend uh, time with and same thing with wealth, right? So uh, wealth of community, I would say, is probably the most important aspect. Man, that's so like so pure. I really, really like that. It's so cool because you just like you don't hear the the different perspective because so many people attribute or connect wealth to financial assets, which is like, you know, normal and natural. I get yeah. it. But okay. again, it's yeah, it's like the layer deeper of like. But what actually matters, right? What actually I mean, matters? When the shit hits the fan, like having that community around you, if yeah, you didn't man. have any of the assets or anything, Makes like you... that that's the safety net, right? Or the, yes. the lack of it. Right. Yes. And if you do well with these things, then you're able to provide that support for other people again. So, right. Uh, that's important both ways. In the scenario, like how people are defining that word again, it's it's dynamic and changes for everybody because it depends on like you and your gaps. It just depends mm -hmm. on that. So it's like being self-aware and then starting with like being aware of the problem and then just solving problems. And that is like usually small little things that you can get into. Dude, that's so cool. I really, really, anything else on like the collapse stack that you want to, that we didn't touch on that you want to say before? There's just like one other topic that I want to talk about. Uh no, I think that's good on that. Cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. So last thing that we'll wrap up on, um, this has been like a, a, a repeat in my mind a lot lately. And it was something that I, I think you and I talked about when we were at the traffic seminar is just how to think better. Like, mm -hmm. that's my thing that I have in my head lately is like, Noah, how do you, because like hard work is like, it's not like, how do I work smart, work hard, like work hard. It's just, that is, you, you have to do that. That is the thing. Like that is just, there is no replacement for that, but mm -hmm. there is a point where it's like, I can't just grind and gear my, and like, just, you know, force myself through these stuff and just get up earlier and just work harder. Like that can't mm -hmm. just be it. Like I need to be, I, I was hearing this, I was reaching or listening to a podcast or something. and was saying that like, business and I think life is like an intellectual sport. It's just training like your mind and thinking better. And so one of the, a lot of the feedback that I got at the traffic seminar was like getting out from behind your computer and going and doing things that like, cause I am very much logical and systems thinking and for like that type of like engineering, you know, kind of like mm -hmm. analytical type of stuff. And so being behind the computer screen and working on systems all day, like it's so nat, it's easy for me. Right. And like doing yeah. like the stuff, getting out and going, do like art, or something that like is engaging the kind of creative side of my head. 
I think is very valuable and I, and I have made more of an effort and it does lead to just different type of thinking because it gets me out of the normal and it gives me just like a different environment. But like, what's your, do you have like a, an approach to that? Like, are you like, I'm going to go on walks and get in nature or I'm going to do these mm -hmm. types of things or like, what's your, your kind of like approach to just sharpening and keeping, cause that was a big part of like what we took away from like the AI coming in, like what mm -hmm. we, what we have, you know, at this point is like what they can't take away is our ability to like be human and think. And so, yeah, yeah like what's your, what's your, what immediately like come, kind of comes to mind with that stuff? Yeah. Nature time is good, but I'll, I'll talk about journaling. Um, yeah. Again, this is one of those Keystone habits that I've been engaged in for years beyond count. <laughs> uh, I, it's something I do every single morning and this can take different forms. Sometimes just like whatever thoughts are going through my head, but other times it's like, oh, here's a specific project or a, a problem. And let me just think through this more slowly. Like your, your thinking slows down when you're writing, yes. right? But it yes. also takes it from the uh, ping-ponging around in the mind <laughs> into a, a little bit more concrete form. Right. Uh, so I, I do that every single morning. Um, so that's my daily journaling. But I also, something that I found useful is... Uh, I do uh, this as a weekly and a monthly habit where I will review the past week or the past month. And then I project for the next week, next month. I also do this as a, a yearly thing as well. So just kind of looking at that cycle. And again, it's that feedback in adapting the plans based on that, that, that helps as far as the thinking and moving forward. Um, the second thing I'll say is in our culture, it's really like, we, we put overemphasis on the mind. And uh, one thing I've noticed for myself with working and all this is there was actually a component of me that was like running away from myself uh, and getting lost in activity and accomplishment. Yeah. And really what was so essential was uh, actually feeling much more and creating the space for that, um, seeking the community that kind of allows that to happen and that for me has been really transformative in helping me to become, um, I guess, more, more fully dimensional as a human being, right? And that is very helpful in how that then takes away some of that like overly ambitious kind of driven behavior that's yeah, kind of right. easy to get sucked into, especially staring at a computer screen, I would say, <laughs> and be able to step back with more ease to like get in nature to do fun things that is going to then allow you the greater space to allow more of the thinking to come. Because when you're sucked in all the time, it's so easy to get caught up in the minutia. So yes. being able to step back um, and not force yourself to do that, but actually like heal the wounds that allow you to do that more easily, I believe is what's going to create more space than you realize, oh, like 50% of what I do is just crap. I need to actually do that, right? <laughs> just creating the space to allow those thoughts to come to the surface. Yeah, that's great. Like not forgetting that you're a human, a human mm -hmm. first, like that is the, so what is your like um, metric of success now? Or like, what is driving you now? Well, my life has been so chaotic with a, a wife with Lyme disease and a mold house and now moving 
cross state multiple times now. So right now my, my metric is just like getting back to uh, stability. Like I'm, I'm literally just a few days into moving into a new house here. So a, a lot of my plans that I had for life fell by the wayside <laughs> in many ways. And As they I've do. been in damage control <laughs> and survival and coming out of that into, you know, get to a stable period again. And then we'll, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see where I go from there. I love but, it. Dude. You know, yeah. such is life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, such is life. I mean, that's the way to, I think it's a big reason why, like I was just reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? It's like the the winners look at or like use the failure as like inspiration to continue to get better and better. Yeah. <clears throat> and sometimes it's easy to let that stuff like knock you down, not let you keep going. And I think your energy, your passion, like what you brought to this today, like I am so incredibly grateful and thankful for it. Everybody else I know that's listening is um so gets to take away so much of the value of what we've talked about today. So super, super again, appreciative of your time. Anything else that like you want to leave people with, um, like any any kind of uh, final lasting words? Yeah, what's coming up for me now is you know money is important. So my wife has gone through a lot in the past couple of years. I've spent over six figures on her medical bills in a form that insurance doesn't cover. Mm. So recognizing that uh, uh, medical bills is actually the number one cause of bankruptcy. Um, so one, trying to avoid getting yourself in such situations, but um, even so, you know, again, life uh, comes at us. So yeah. I, I was blessed in that, you know, I had le- learned all this money stuff and I was in a good position to actually be able to uh, navigate us through extremely trying times. Um, if I didn't have that money situation kind of not quite solved, but where I was at, everything that was so difficult, like, you know, <laughs> life wrenchingly def- difficult uh, would have been so much more so. So uh-huh. it is extremely important that we really look at this stuff and do what we can for not just ourselves, but for those that are important around us. Man, I love that. Love that. Absolutely. Wow. Again, dude, thank you so much for being on. This was such a blast to have this conversation. Um Everybody listening, watching, leave us a review, leave us a like. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a comment. Um, To all my builders out there, I salute you all. And again, Logan, appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on. I'll see you guys all in the next episode. Thanks, Noah.